You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. We're Zooming. We're actually we're in the midst of week two of the preseason. Uh, we got some more vet signings uh, um, over the course of the week. Uh, some big names, some not-so-big names, but uh, we'll talk about those a little bit. What stood out to us the first weekend, uh, full weekend, if you would, of uh, preseason games. Uh, we'll hit hard knocks, of course. And then just uh, youth being served at the quarterback position in the NFL and just kind of how, you know, we're, we're cycling now into a period of a lot of younger guys playing. So without further ado, let's bring in my co-host here, Alex Kaftoff. Alex, how are you? What's going on, man? Yeah, not not much. Just kind of looking forward to, you know, watching some more preseason action and you know, seeing, um, you know, obviously you mentioned that, you know, a few more veterans have signed today. The commanders have have named Sam Howell the starting quarterback. And, you know, I guess uh, Eric B. Enemy has something to work with some uh, like down there in in Washington. We'll see how that works out. I mean, we'll see if Sam Howell can prove his doubters wrong. You know, a fifth round pick that the commanders kind of took on. Uh, is a developmental type of quarterback, and here he is. And in his second year, he is—he's uh, named the starting quarterback there. All right. Well, we'll talk when we talk about the quarterbacks. We'll get a little bit more into that as far as that goes. The guys that have signed: you, Dalvin Cook to the Jets, uh, Zeke to New England. Those two signings happened, I think, within about thirty minutes of one another. Uh, you know, Zeke signed or. I don't know if it was what I think Zeke might have signed first. And then, you know, the Jets kind of yelled out, you know, hold my beer and Dalvin Cook deal got done. Obviously, Dalvin getting a heck of a lot more money. His deal is worth up to a little over eight million. And it becomes the biggest free agent uh, running back signing. I think behind him would have been Booby Sanders down in Carolina with like six million or so. And Zeke's deal, I think, can be upwards of four or five. But I think, obviously, I think Dalvin is going to play a much bigger role with the Jets. Uh, I think Zeke's role with New England. Uh, and I think this also kind of signals to you that the that the Patriots are maybe zigging when the, the rest of the league is zagging. Like, they're leaning into a strong running bit game play good defense i mean this is this is like marty ball marty schottenheimer type 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 of football you know throw only when you have to uh and we're just gonna run it ramondre stevenson you're gonna see zeke i think you know third down blitz pickup uh you know getting out of the backfield playing in goal line so for your fantasy guys i think zeke can have some value there because i think he's going to get a lot of goal line looks uh, Dalvin Cook, obviously, they're going to have a tandem there with Brees Hall. Uh, whether you know Brees is ready to rock and roll at the beginning of the season will have a you know a, a significant impact on how big a role Dalvin have immediately. But I think it is going to be split up there. I don't think they're going to they're going to go one way or the other, strong one way or the other. They've got a couple of guys there, and then you also throw in Michael Carter, really strong Bam. 
uh, Bam Knight also had a great year last year. So they, they, they're pretty set at the running back position. And then uh, Jadavian Clowney, who successfully has missed training camp once again <laughs> and signed a one-year deal with uh, with the Ravens to come in. But uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I don't. I mean, do you have any anything else on the on the on the Zeke piece? Do you, do you see him uh, being any more of that, or just the kind of like the the veteran guy to 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 be a locker room guy to to be the uh, personal protector for Mac Jones? What do you think? I think Bill Belichick values running backs that can do a number of things, and obviously Zeke is is good around the goal line. Uh, he's he's a pretty good you know. Uh, coming coming out of the backfield, he's pretty good at catching the football, and he's really good in protection. I mean, that's where he excels, and he's going to get a lot of calls on third downs in those situations. So uh, I think this is a perfect situation for Zeke. Now, coming in there and the Patriots, obviously they're going to split those carries, and Mac Jones is not going to be throwing 40, 50 times you know, a game. It's going to be a strong running game with Stevenson and Zeke. So this is like a perfect situation for him. Dalvin Cook, I think, is going to be an important piece in September, October, while they're breaking in Brees Hall because they're going to be careful with him. They're going to limit his carries. They're going to limit his touches. You know, they have Cook there. He's a great receiving back, and he's going to be like Aaron Rodgers' best friend. So I just think that... These, these two running backs, they waited, they waited for a long time to get signed, and they just they landed in a perfect spot. Both of these guys did. Now, you couldn't ask for a better situation there. As far as Jadavian Clowney, I don't know if he has anything left, but I know that he's a perfect fit for that Ravens defense. I mean, he's going to be that pass rusher coming in on third downs, helping out. Now, obviously, I mean, the Ravens value those guys that can get after the quarterback, so... Um, I think you could say all three of these guys landed in, in a perfect spot for themselves. Yeah, well, that, you know, as far as Clowney goes, I mean, that might, you know, kind of taking over that Justin Houston role where they got a lot out of him. As you mentioned, Alex, I mean, these guys, the situational pass rushers and, you know, at 30 whatever years old Houston was, they got a lot of lot of decent production out of him the last couple of years so maybe they'll strike gold here with Clowney. i don't know how how he does it It's just the freakish athlete that he is um i still i mean still that that play i think was, was it the citrus bowl against michigan that just it was like the shot heard around the world when he almost took the handoff from the running back i can't remember which michigan back it was so uh you're welcome running back from Michigan. I'm not mentioning your name, but that was just kind of like, Oh my God, this guy is going to be the next big thing. And he never really lived up to it. And it may have been unfair to him, but he was like all everything coming out of high school. And then what he did at South Carolina. So uh, hopefully, you know, as far as the Ravens are concerned, that, that helps them out. Uh, as far as preseason goes, and this is something, and again, I don't, Maybe over the years, you know, I look at it a little bit differently. I think, you know, you have different coaches that that look at preseason in general differently uh, from how much they work at camp, 
uh, how many joint practices they have, how much or how little the vets play in games. And all the coaches have like a different view. As fans, we're just so glad that we, football is back and, and, and we focus on all these little things, this little like minutia that this guy's throwing like 10 interceptions and, in, you know, in a training camp uh, practice or, you know, well, geez, you know, this guy, you know, this seventh round guy is excelling in these games and yeah that's good to see and as as you and i alex you know we we probably you know some of these guys we've interviewed in the past you know as prospects and you know now they get drafted you see them actually suit up in the nfl it's kind of nice to see that and just as preseason, it's more to me and i don't want to get your feedback on this when you watch a game it's more the eye test right i mean you just want to see that it's a clean operation, that your guys are uh, not necessarily making huge plays, but everything just kind of, you know, looks the way it, sh- it should, I guess, or in your mind, whatever. Not necessarily what you're going to see in, in the regular season where you're game planning and you're going to see a lot more explosive plays. They're just tr- trying to get, you know, everything, get the offensive line right. Uh, you know, you may be working on different things, but to the naked eye or the, the general fan, they say, well, geez, you know, why is this happening? Or why is he, you know, why is Mahomes playing or is going to play a whole half this this week? And, you know, Jalen Hurts hasn't played yet. And so every coach has their own way to see it. But I just want to kind of get your feedback when you watch a preseason game. What are you looking for? I think you're looking at the young guys. You know, the young guys, it could be rookies or second year players guys that are um you want to see obviously what they can do because rookies are getting extensive time uh whether it's whatever receivers cornerbacks whatever position you're playing you want to see how this guy fits into your system obviously i mean you took this guy whatever round and you know they're fighting for it what it's undrafted free agents guys that have had a good camp and you're trying to figure out whether this guy can help you, whether this guy can help you as a backup, and whether this guy can help you on special teams, whether he gets it. And obviously, you know, camp standouts, undrafted free agents, they need to prove themselves during preseason action. Also, younger guys, like second and third year players, fighting for those spots, trying to solidify their depth chart. So to me, it's about the young guys. Obviously, it's not about the veterans. You know what you have there. You know what your star players can do. But you want to see how deep your team is at certain positions and where you still need help. Because, I mean, some of these guys, some of these teams are really deep in certain positions, and these guys are going to get cut. And so you're going to be watching for the waiver wire, you know, guys that did well during preseason and you're going to be claiming those guys in your at your weak positions right uh, that positional value so that's what i'm looking at the young guys i want to develop them i want to see whether they get our system how they're excelling how they're improving and i want to see those rookies and it's not about just covering the draft i mean most teams want to see what they have and you know i saw it like uh I saw Deuce Vaughn, like for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I was really glad to see that this kid that was chosen on day three, and his father actually, you know, works in the scouting department for the Cowboys, the Kansas State standout, he's looking like Darren Sproles there, you know, just a a short, 
you know, kind of beefy guy with thick thighs, and, you know, he can break some tackles, and he can make some highlight plays, and I love to see that. I mean, I love to see guys kind of overcoming the odds because, I mean, he's short. He's like 5'5", but who cares about that? He, he can play football. He can help my team, and I think that's what the Dallas Cowboys are finding out during this, uh, you know, preseason action. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Deuce, I mean, he's like historically small. But but again, behind those big offensive lines and just the way, you know, how much space is created in the way the game's played now, that he's got a, he's got a place and he's, he's quicker than he is fast, but he still has plenty of speed, can make those spin moves. And yeah, he looked pretty sharp there for, for the Cowboys. A couple of things that kind of stood out over the weekend and I thought were, were kind of big were two specifically. I don't know if it's a sentimental thing, but I think it's more of it's great to see these guys back on the field. One, obviously, DeMar Hamlin. Everybody, you know, even if you didn't watch football last year, you knew what happened with DeMar Hamlin. He's back on the field playing, contributing. So that was good to see. Another guy that maybe didn't get the national publicity from it but it was a pretty high draft pick for the houston Texans. uh not this past draft but the one before was john mechie one of the best wide receivers in the country and then you know he's diagnosed with leukemia going into last year and he's back on the field and playing i thought those those were two very big stories that just it was just great to see those two young guys back on the field doing what they want to do and then there was a third and i you know i don't know how in the weeds that, you know, our typical listeners get into, but there is something called in the NFL, the international pathway program, which, you know, they're kind of, the league is like scouring for guys in different parts of the world, Africa, in uh, Europe and uh, great Britain. I mean, these guys come from all over, they have a combine, whatever. So anyway, one of the guys for the chargers, CJ Okoye from Nigeria, his first football game ever not in the nfl not high nothing this is his first game ever and some he like he made a sack in his first game ever and just the reaction of all the players on his team uh staley gave him a game ball after the game and it was just so cool to see and i think you know as time goes on the game the game grows. You're going to see more and more of these kids getting opportunities, but it was just to see like where he came from to where he is right now. Who knows? Does he make the team? We'll see. I don't know. But for that one day, that dude uh, made a name for himself. So that, that was kind of cool to see. I was actually, uh, you know, I'm going to say this. I was surprised that rookie quarterbacks struggled as much as they did because they all struggled. I mean, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis was outplayed by Malik Willis, who looked horrible during his rookie season. So to me, those young guys, they still have a long way to go. And obviously, the Panthers need to do a better job protecting Bryce Young because, I mean, their offensive line didn't look good at all. Um, And I was also... Very surprised by the way Justin Fields played. You know, they gave him some weapons to work with this offseason. They added DJ Moore. You know, he only threw like three passes, but he threw for 129 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, a lot of it had to do with his pass catchers like Khalil Herbert, DJ Moore, the 
the catch and, and run type of thing. But I was I'm thinking that Justin Fields might be a nice sleeper for fan in fantasy leagues if you want to get and stash a quarterback like a backup quarterback in, in your leagues. I, I think Justin Fields is is here to stay and stay away from the rookie quarterbacks. I just feel like they're gonna have a tough time there. So um, and a lot of people are probably going to say, is Russell Wilson really washed up? Because Russ struggled during week one preseason. I mean, you could say all you want, but it's just he just didn't look as comfortable early on. Then he kind of got going. And I just want to see whether, you know, Russell Wilson can, can live up to those expectations in Denver in Sean Payton's offense because the expectations are high. Peyton has called out, you know, the coaching staff and, you know, the, the offensive line and everything that was going around, you know, Denver last season. Now, you know, Russ has got to live up to it in, in his offense. So, and, you know, your Lions draft class, Lou, looks really, really good. I mean, they're, they're just, they're fun to watch. A lot of people, I think, um, and me included, were very surprised that Jameer Gibbs went 12th overall. But you know what? He looks like he's going to be a fun weapon that the Lions are going to be able to use in their offense. I think a lot of people criticize, why would they trade DeAndre Swift? But you know what? It looks like Jamar Gibbs is going to be a better version of DeAndre Swift this season. So uh, it looks like the Lions draft class is for real. And they've been doing a really good job drafting those guys the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it was just something it was so like anti today's NFL. They took a, a running back and a linebacker in for, in the first round where those positions have kind of been pushed down, pushed down a bit, uh, you know, into the later rounds. But, uh, yeah, they know what they like. They know what they want to see. I mean, for me, I mean, Jameer Gibbs, you know, it's the first, from the first time I saw him at Alabama, I mean, I don't remember him at Georgia Tech but you know as soon as you saw him in that offense at Alabama I was like you know as soon as I saw the red jersey you know what I'm thinking <laughs> this would look tremendous you know another weapon for Mahomes but yeah I think he's good he's gonna be great um yeah the whole Peyton Russ thing it's just you know I I think it's it, they certainly have a ways to go. They need to grow together. They're getting, I think, getting used to one another. And I think Peyton, uh, you know, for all those years with Drew Brees, it, it seemed like it was seamless. I mean, nobody goes back to like that first year. I mean, they had success and Drew was a much better, much different player than, than Russ is. And Russ is much older at this stage of the game. So, you know, he's almost, Russ is almost having to find a new way to play. And, and I think, Part of it was he's got to get back to moving. Now, I think he's, what, 34 years old, you know, after all those years and so forth. Is he going to still be able to move the way he used to? Now, apparently he looks like he's lost some weight. So in, you know, keeping that in mind, maybe that would help. But I don't know if he's ever been a pocket guy. You know, I mean, that's not really been his game. So interesting to see how that all shakes out in Denver. I, I got you there. But, and, yeah, also the, the Chicago stuff. Yeah, I'm watching that game. And, and yeah, I mean, it looks great, you know, on, on paper, the statistics and so forth. And I still I'm, – I'm with you there. I think Fields is going to be very valuable in fantasy. 
And to just see DJ Moore in his first touch, just, you know, catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage and just explode. Now, okay, maybe it wasn't the starters that he was playing. It doesn't matter. I mean, just to get that whole thing rolling, the same thing, you know, a couple, couple series later with Khalil Herbert. And so, yeah, they got a lot, a lot of exciting things happening there. And, and that's kind of like when I look at that NFC North, I, more and more, it, it almost it's going to be a little bit tighter than we expect. I think Jordan Love's going to be a better player than maybe we we expect. Uh, so you know, it should be interesting to see as far as that goes. But not all rookie quarterbacks have been struggling. Alex uh, DTR. Now you know we're recording here on Friday. They played last night, so he's already played three preseason games, including the Hall of Fame game, and he just looks really he doesn't look like a rookie i mean he just looks very comfortable not like he's setting the world on fire but he's making plays uh got away with one last night you know keely ringo kind of lost the ball but anyway overall you just again the eye test the operation just from him it looks like he has command it's there's not a lot of screw-ups there's no pre-snap penalties i mean he's just kind of he gets in there and he's rolling and then also Again, it's against backups. Again, I, mean, I don't know that you have to say that it is preseason, but Aiden O'Connell for, from Purdue with the Raiders got a big chance to play a lot of that game against San Francisco, and he looked pretty sharp. Uh, again, no, you can't really go overboard with the guys that do really well in these games, and I wouldn't get too down on guys that you know might struggle a bit. You know, because, again, not a whole lot of game planning and so forth. But like you said, as far as the rookies are concerned, you just want to see that, you know, do they have command and so forth. And I think DTR has been, again, really overlooked uh, in the draft. It seemed like all those other guys were so much had so much more potential than them. He played, you know, he played five seasons at UCLA or four seasons at UCLA. And well, we need upside, the younger guy, you know, and so forth. So we'll see. But uh, I like what I see from him. A lot of juice. Well, DTR, DTR was your guy coming out, Lo. And, and Aiden O'Connell was my guy coming out of Purdue. Kind of like that Brock Purdy type of player. Maybe yeah, I'll... like when Kirk when Kirk Cousins came out of Michigan State, we you know we're saying this guy. I mean, it just a lot of similar. You know, they they played, started a lot of games, are able to kind of uh, digest things, spit it, communicate with their teams, and kind of translate it on the field. And I've got beef, Lou. I, I have to mention this. I mean, let's go, Trey Lance. Bring it, Trey Lance. Bring it. All right. I mean, he was terrible. All right. I mean, the thing is, you're operating in a you're operating in a Kyle Shanahan's offense where most quarterbacks are helped by that scheme. To me, Trey Lance just looks out of place. I mean, he's indecisive. He doesn't know whether to throw the ball or whether to run with it. I mean, I, I get it. We can use an excuse that this guy has not played much football. You know, he was he's been injured. You know, he only started for one season at North Dakota State. But those are all excuses. Leading the 49ers to just one scoring drive on six possessions isn't great, Low, And it's just like he, he just doesn't look sharp. And you can make it. You can also say, like, he wasn't helped by the 49ers offensive line. He played, you know, with the second unit. 
I get that. But he just he just doesn't look right in that offense. It just seems wrong and out of place. And I just feel like he would be better served to play in some offense that, you know, values the the deep ball and, and you know, his running ability. They will just cut him loose and let him perform and, and play a little bit outside of that offense. I just feel like the 49ers, when they drafted Trey Lance, they had this picture in mind that he was just going to do so many things on those bootlegs and play action, and he was going to give him that extra dimension as a running quarterback. But it's just not working, and I don't think it's going to work. And right now, by playing him and by other teams observing that he is just He's so far from like a polished quarterback. He's losing value. He's losing that trade value. I just, again, I want to say this a third time. It's not going to work with Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan. It's it's the wrong offense for him. And that's just, that that's my take on this whole yeah, situation. It's, yeah, it's hard to say that that ship has sailed, but you know, it, it, it is difficult to watch too. And, and because... You know, he's kind of, his development has been derailed by some injuries, uh, lack of, you know, just lack of playing. I mean, I think, I don't know, somebody had the stat. I think they said he's thrown like less than 500 passes since high school. Um, so, you know, what do you do? I mean, they're like, they're like a Super Bowl team in that window, but he's not ready. I mean, he's not ready to take, take over the reins. And not saying that that Brock Purdy is some, you know, super, you know, super athletes, supernatural, but he's got enough experience, played enough at Iowa State to go in and run the operation. Now, he doesn't have to make a lot of huge plays, again, because of all the weapons that he has and he understands his reads and he, you know, just, hey, he's just he's a polished quarterback. Trey Lance isn't. He has a hell of a lot more upside. I don't know that we'll ever, I don't know that we'll ever see it. And like you say, Alex, I don't know that we're going to ever see it in San Francisco. Do they keep him around? They can afford it. They're still, I mean, they're still, I mean, he's not his rookie deal. They're not paying Darnold hardly anything. They're certainly not paying Purdy hardly anything. So, you know, they have time to be a little bit more patient. Now, will that help? You know, is it going to be sort of like a, uh, like a Jordan Love situation where he's a first round pick, but he doesn't play and, you know, really start until like his fourth year in the league. Well, this is year three now. So they have to make that determination. You know, obviously we're not in practice every day, but from the stories and the reports that you hear, it's not that great in practice either. So, you know, do you wait Another year. I mean, like you said, he's not going to gain any value. They're never going to get back what they put into him, all the draft capital that they use to get up to number three. So they just have to bite the bullet and say, hey, if there's one organization that can do that, obviously they draft really well in all the other rounds and they've got a roster that is, you know, the envy of the league. I mean, maybe not, you know, they're right up there, I guess, with Philadelphia, maybe the Chiefs. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not pretty right now, and uh, I don't know what the what the fix is other than just time. But he doesn't; they don't have the time, and he needs to play. 
So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a bad situation. You feel bad for the kid, actually. Well, they just got right. lucky. The 49ers got lucky with Brock Purdy. Oh I yeah, mean, absolutely. That's it. Yeah. If, if Brock Purdy isn't on the roster, then everybody would be making a big deal and saying, "Hey, John Lynch and and Kyle Shanahan don't know what they're doing." I mean, they traded up to the third overall pick to pick Trey Lance, and he hasn't worked out. So this is. They've been helped by the whole situation that, you know, they got Mr. Irrelevant in the seventh round, just kind of threw a dart at the board and got lucky. And then the the whole situation with Trey Lance doesn't look as bad because they gave up a lot, just a ton of capital. And if they they didn't find the Brock Purdy, then people would be calling for Kyle Shanahan's and John Lynch at. Yeah, and and just because again, I mean, I, is is Brock Purdy? Is he just maybe a better version of Jimmy G? You know, for the time being, maybe he's you know he's good enough because again, the rest of the roster is so good. As long as he can just run the operation, get the ball in the playmakers' hands, and not have to make a bunch of wild throws, I think he can do that. So yeah, like this is what we're what we're rolling with. So, uh, well, God bless him. I hope he's, I hope the elbow's good and he can continue to play and maybe he'll, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll do exactly what they thought he was going to do last year and lead him to the Super Bowl. All right. So hard knocks had the second episode. Uh, we, yeah, we, we, we do cover it. Come on. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. Uh, the jet, they bring in a mentalist. They all, they had like an entertainment section and it was, uh, it was actually pretty decent. I don't know if, you know, it, Maybe it was fixed. I don't know. I mean, you don't want to go to, into one of these, in, into one of these shows or one of these meetings or one of these exercises and and just like poke holes and everything and say that it was all set up beforehand. But it was pretty cool the way he was able to, uh, you know, kind of predict what uh, McCole Hardman's Super Bowl score was going to be. That you know, the the card that uh, that Aaron Rodgers was thinking of, and then somehow he started with a deck of cards clasped between his hands, and he opens it up, and it turns out to be like a goldfish in a some sort of crystal. It was it was it was pretty bizarre, but uh, yeah, w- watch the episode. That that part was pretty cool. Uh, little personal side got to see will mcdonald go to a go to like a piercing tattoo joint get uh, get the eyebrow and the nose done so that was uh, that was different uh but i th- i guess just the the star of the show again where the first one it was more so aaron Rodgers and a little bit of solid but this one definitely solid takes charge and you get a lot of the uh the coaching language and a lot of the, uh, you know, MA rating language where he just tore into the offensive line where they, they had, had uh, their first joint practice with, uh, I think it was the Panthers. Yeah. They played the Panthers last week and the whole line just struggled. And he was, I mean, you, you, he went through and like, you can have a, you can have a hall of fame quarterback. You'd have two $10 million wide receivers. You have like this, this running backs room that we have, but the offensive line just again, top notch, exactly what you want to see. I was kind of surprised that they, they kind of kept that in, you know, cause he was tearing into these guys. But then later, like this week, I guess they were again. Now they had joint practices with Tampa Bay, 
And again, the offensive line just, I guess, had a horrible day. They canceled the second day's uh, joint practice. I'm sure Tampa Bay was none too thrilled about that, uh, flying up to Jersey for one practice instead of two. But uh, it was very entertaining, like seeing Sala, the whole thing. Uh, but the Jets' defense is, is no joke. I mean, they that's the real deal, the, the defensive line – Everything about it, the defensive backs, that's going to be, you know, a, a unit to be, uh, you know, to be reckoned with. And hopefully their offensive line gets squared away and Rodgers doesn't get killed. I hope so. I hope so. But, you know, like during week one episode, uh, I heard people questioning Sala's demeanor as being too soft. I've actually heard like people in New York criticizing him. Maybe Salah heard that, and then Maybe he heard two, that. Yeah, he decided to show <laughs> his fiery demeanor because, as a defensive coordinator with the 49ers, he was always pumped up. I mean, he was always yeah. like you know a, a oh, rah rah type Ener- of guy, Mr. right? Mr. Energy, yeah. right? Mr. Energy, and that's what I would like to see. So I think in week two, his personality kind of came out. I think that's what he is. I don't think he's soft by any means but during oh, no. right that that's what i think i think what we saw in last week's episode was was the real solace so hopefully we'll get to see a little bit more of that because they need more guys to kind of give this team confidence you know it has to come from the coach it has to come from the coaching staff it has to come from aaron Rodgers, those veterans you know the jets have been terrible for so long and we've been saying this and they just they need some some breath of fresh air you know they need some confidence in that building because they've lost so many games you know since what rex ryan days okay so jets haven't been very good so i just feel like this is a great step in the right direction look i'm i'm putting the bet on the jets on winning a super bowl i'm telling you yeah, history repeats itself, Lou. If the Bucks won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, the Jets can win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you had Stafford going to the Rams, you know, right? First year, bang. Then Brady does it, you know, Brady does it, then Stafford does it. And so for any number of reasons, I mean, the situation's a, a lot different. I think this Jets team is, again, I mean, short of that offensive line, they're pretty talented across the board. So uh, no excuses there. But again, you just that defensive coach, it's just got to drive him nuts to see his defense just be, being kind of dominant and whatever. But and but then to see his own offensive line just be not not even close to being able to stop. Now, again, it is preseason. Yes, they can game plan for the, for this and they might have to start scheming a little bit differently because of you know Becton and his weight is he going to is he going to do is he going to be able to do his thing Dwayne Brown you know at his age is he going to hold up at left or right tackle so a lot of question marks the interior guys seem they seem to be okay there but remains to be seen let's start the rumor mill Lou Zach Martin to the Jets Whoa. Okay. Now the the big well again the one that you're seeing and I think it's more wishful thinking and just Aaron Rodgers is that you know David Bakhtiari being traded to the Jets uh, from Green Bay. Now I don't think Green Bay has any intention of doing Aaron any more favors unless of course the Jets like gave them some sort of crazy you know cash of uh, 
draft picks, you know, premium draft picks where they could unload a big salary and get a lot of picks. That's kind of their MO. So uh, that remains to be seen. But I don't I don't, I don't think Bakhtiari is going to New York. But, you know, hey, they're they're bros, they're buddies. And I'm sure Aaron would love it. OK, we talked about, you know, you talked about the rookie quarterbacks and so forth, youth at quarterback. And it's certainly a, a, tr- a big trend in the league. And I th- and again, it, this is all cyclical because the younger guys now, obviously, that are being more established with their teams like a Mahomes and Allen, Lamar, Jalen, Joe Burrow, hell, even Jared Goff, Herbert. Trevor Lawrence, all these young quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett, you know, maybe Deshaun Watson, who knows? But a lot of those quarterback spots looks like they're going to be solidified for at least the next five, potentially ten to twelve years. Five first-time starters. We, you mentioned the three rookies, and then you got to throw in Sam Howell and Jordan Love. So five teams, first-time starters. There are only eight quarterbacks in the league starting quarterbacks in the league that are 30 or older so certainly a youth movement and again it will come back around when all these other guys that i just mentioned turn 30 but you know just looking at it right now you know right down the list you got Dak, you got cousins Derek carr stafford rogers Tannehill, russ and jimmy and that's it so, again, youth is being served, and I would imagine that some of those teams that I just mentioned have young guys that m- could be waiting in the wings and, and maybe pushing those guys. You know, Kirk Cousins, this might be his last year in Minnesota. You talk about maybe a spot for, for Trey Lance, you know, the GM before that, McConnell's kind of grouped in with that whole McVay-Shanahan deal, so that, that could be a thing. Uh, Dak, do they pay? Do they extend him? Does he, you know, does he get more money and and more years from the Cowboys? Uh, Stafford, this is kind of, I mean, I think they went to him to restructure in the off season and he wasn't having it. So is maybe this is his last year in LA. Uh, so it should be interesting. We talked, and we already talked about Russ and the kind of how clunky it is with, with Peyton. I don't know how patient he's going to be. He didn't come back for, like a rebuild he wants to be competitive and wants to be dominating right away and in that division if russ isn't right they're not going anywhere so i just thought that was interesting i mean the 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 30 plus crowd is really small at this at this point and uh this point in the nfl history well that means the future is really bright for the nfl i mean because the young guys a quarterback i mean i don't remember a time where you know, you have like superstar quarterbacks at the position and they're still extremely young. I mean, we're talking about like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, you know, those guys that are kind of carrying that baton. And then you have, you know, Mahomes and Josh Allen and they're not too old. So I'm just I think it's an exciting time for the NFL in 2023 and for the future just in general, because teams are more inclined to to change and go younger at the position. And then these guys are being drafted in the first round, very talented. And then again, the future is really bright and you, you can see that we're going to have great battles between these young quarterbacks for the next decade. Here, here. 
All right, gang, that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be making our uh, division picks, playoff picks. Uh, maybe we'll do MVPs, rookies of the year, defensive player of the year. We do it every year, so of course we're going to do it. But probably uh, maybe in a couple more weeks. We've got plenty of time before the season starts, so that'll be coming up. Uh, talking more hard knocks, more preseason games, which again, gang, it's meaningless, and just just watch, this, watch your guys play and see what they do. And like Alex said, the young dudes, it, it's just so cool to just, you know, you you heard their names called during the draft, whether it was last year, two years ago, three years ago. And now you're actually seeing them kind of, you know, starting to excel. It's very cool to watch. So uh, for my pal, Alex on Lou till next time. Peace.